Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up? What's up? It's your boy JP here in the podcast studio with my dear friends. This time, I'm going to go ladies first. Elena Haas is here. What's up? Elena Haas <laughs> and the one and only David J. Marvin. That is right. I am right here. David J. Marvin, what is it that we are talking about today? We are talking about breakups, people. Why? Because the people need to know when to break up, Breaking when up they've come to the to end of the road. Oh, man. End of the road. That reminds me of a song. It's a great one. You want to sing it? No, I, I'm blanking on how it starts. You, you got it. That's, that's your people, dude. To the end of the road. Oh, man. Breakups. Breaking. Uh, when to break up and when to make up. Yeah. There's few things as hard, especially when you're single, is walking through a breakup. You guys ever broken up before? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know why. That's really <laughs> More times funny. than I can count. It's like, yeah, unfortunately, many, have, many every, times. Hey, every relationship I was in before Monica, <laughs> yeah. we broke up. And then Monica and I broke up like four or five times. Oh, that have sounds you, healthy. Have you been in a breakup before, Dave? Oh, you pet your bottom dollar, I have. I don't know. And they <laughs> ripped my heart out, walked around listening to ate it like emo a music. Yeah, ate it like a sandwich. <laughs> it was terrible. That was before Taylor Swift. I don't know what we listened to back then. Brian McKnight, do I ever cross your mind anytime? Yeah. Boys to men. Man. All right. We're talking about breaking up, people. It's a reality. Probably not one you were made for, as I'd heard, I've heard you say before. And, um, and, and so what do you mean by that? Uh, the idea that, hey, we probably weren't made to experience this. It can be a reality. But why do you say that? Here's why breaking up is so hard. Like, let's just have a really honest conversation. We, we treat dating like marriage. We, we get in a relationship. We give our heart away. Right. We we have uh, usually been physical with that person. Um, we've had just just we've been emotionally vulnerable with them. We've told them all our deepest, darkest secrets. Uh, we've been known. And then they reject us. They say, hey, I no longer I don't choose you. I want to be with somebody else. I want to just be friends. It's not you. It's me. And uh, and then we're left sad. We've probably written off all of our friends in this the season of dating. We spent so much time with this person, invested so much of our lives in them, and it just feels like a huge loss. Like, what are what am I going to do? And uh, I don't know that that was ever God's desire, that, that God's desire would be you give your heart away one time to one person at the altar when you're committing your life to them. And so it's because of our in uh, inaccurate views on dating, uh, and our inaccurate views of marriage that we've, we've crossed the two and we've confused dating for marriage. And so breakups are really like divorces. I mean, that's the truth. You're going through a divorce and it hurts. Which is so, I mean, to something I've heard you say a lot of times, dating can often be because of how dysfunctional the ways that we date are a training ground, not for marriage, but for divorce. Yeah. No, I mean, you're sure you get into a relationship until it's inconvenient for you. It no longer meets your needs, or you, you know, uh, matches your preferences. And then you get out of a relationship and you do that over and over and over again. And that is training you for divorce. That is not training you for marriage. Yeah. So let's go high level. Some principles that could instruct. These are times that you should consider breaking up or candidly, you outright need to break up. So if you're in a relationship, we're going to give you a few handful of things, you know, five or six things. That if you, this applies to you, 
you should break up. Yeah. So when when to break up this is a question. I would say, first of all, when they're not a believer. Second Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So what does light and darkness have in common? What does wickedness and, and um, righteousness have in common? And so this idea of being yoked to someone, is a, it's a term. It's an agrarian term, agricultural term for oxen. And so in Jesus' day, you would take two oxen, which are like cows, if you will, and you would put this yoke on them and they would be tied together. What just so happens this past weekend, I was on vacation with my family and uh, we, we went to the lake in Oklahoma and we went to this museum while we were there and we were walking through and they on the wall was a yoke. And so I grabbed my kids and I said, hey, I want, you, I want to show you this. And, I, and we looked at this verse, 2 Corinthians six fourteen, because it was a yoke for two oxen. And you can see when you look at that yoke, you can see that they have to go the same direction at the same speed. If they're not moving the same direction at the same speed, then it doesn't work. If one ox wants to go right and the other ox wants to go left, uh, it's, it, you know, one of them is going to be dragging the other one. And so you have to be moving toward the same destination at similar speed. So this is not just like, oh, they're a Christian, they own a Bible, they went to a Bible study, he grew up in a church. This is, hey, are they running toward Christ at the same speed I am? And I hope that's with reckless abandon. And, uh, you know, what I would say is, and I've said it before, you know, that there's never been, you know, what, what do you say the divorce rate is today? I think it's around 50%, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's stats out there that say otherwise, but in reality is it's around 50%. And so, you know, in inside the church, outside the church, it's about the same. But did you know that there's never in the history of the world been a divorce between two people radically pursuing Christ? It's never happened. And so a God who loves us gives us this this rule, this law, so that, that we would pursue him and find life in him. And so if, if you're dating someone who's not running hard after Christ, uh, it's, it's, it's headed for disaster. And I can't tell you how many people have argued with me. It was like, Oh, I hope a sweet girl came up actually recently on a Sunday and just, I had recommended that she, her and her boyfriend break up because he was not a believer. And, you know, she argued with me, didn't like that advice. And then when she applied it, you know, she came back and and said, man, I'm so happy uh, that I did that. I'm so glad that I did that because I realize now, now that I'm not, you know, love drunk, now that I'm not in the relationship, that we were not going in the same place. But the standards, not just do they claim to be a Christian, right? No, running toward Christ the same speed as you. And I said, I I hope that's with reckless abandon. Yeah. So uh, that's great. What are some of the other ways or times where it may become clear? Well, you, you think about how God speaks to us, right? And so how would you say he speaks to us? His word, his people, and his spirit. Yeah, so let's just, so his word, scripture's clear. Uh, his spirit, when we pray, you know, what, what the Holy Spirit, you know, the promptings, what the Holy Spirit, you know, says to us in that quiet place. And then through his people, there's about 16 Proverbs that say wisdom comes from the counsel of many. And so my hope is that that everyone who is dating someone is in a community group, a small group, a home group, cell group, whatever you call them at your church, that, you, that you're meeting with people on a consistent basis to spur you on toward loving good deeds, to love God and love others. And so if these people say, hey, man, we see something in your life. It's not, 
it's not going well, that this relationship is not healthy, we don't think it's God-honoring, you need to listen to them. I would get them all in a room, and I would listen. I'd sit on your hands, and I would listen to what they have to say. Uh, because if they have the Spirit of God, then the Spirit of God may be trying to communicate something to you. There's this, you know, there's a lot of uh, planes that have crashed because there's this uh, phenomenon that happens when you're in the sky where you get mixed up. You don't know which way is, is the sky and which way is the ground. And pilots have literally nose-dived their planes into the ground, like crashed them hard into the ground because they thought they were pulling up, thought they were going higher into the sky, yeah. and they just they were disorientated. And when that happens, you have to rely on your instrument cluster, your your panel, your your instruments. Um, and and if they say that weighs up, even if it doesn't feel like it, you have to trust that. And I think in the context of relationships, you know, we all kind of have altitude sickness, if you will. Our our hearts out the window. We're not we're not thinking logically anymore. And if people who love us come alongside us and say, "Hey, you're about to crash and burn," we need to listen to them, especially uh, when they're and specifically when they're quoting scripture and they're yielded to the Holy Spirit. What about when you have a family member who just is not a fan? Yeah, it depends on why, you know, I, I, and I, I, it's hard to even answer that because we want to justify it uh, when we don't want to listen to them. We want to justify their credibility or why they're incredible. Um, but I think if if it's someone who loves you and is yielded to the Holy Spirit, I would at least give them time to, to calmly, and you know, communicate how they're feeling, what they're observing, what their concerns are. Uh, I think that's wise. But if it's let's just say you were raised in a Hindu family and your parents are like, "Hey, I disapprove of that relationship because he's a Christian or she's a Christian," right? At some point, you have to leave leave your father and mother and be united to your spouse so that the two can become one flesh. That's good. All right. So when they're not a believer, when community is counseled uh, towards breaking up. No, just yeah, and then and when you're not moving toward marriage, I think there's this phenomenon in the world where we're dating for fun, right? And so like people are just out there. Just to, to have a good time to experience the emotional highs and lows. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? No. I mean, I think if you're, you're dating and, um, you're experiencing total fulfillment relationally and you're dating, um, life, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. Cause, and you just get stuck there. You talk to people that are like, how long have y'all been dating? Seven years. Like, what? Why were you? Why? That sounds awful. Totally. Why would you date for seven years? You know, uh, you date to get married. Dating is a new phenomenon. It's been around for about 120 years. Very, very recent phenomenon that we would start dating. Dating, the word started as a euphemism for prostitution. So if you to go on a date meant to pay for sex. And so now we use that word commonplace in 2018 and uh, 2019 and so it's just like uh it's it's not the end all be all it's it's uh the means to an end or the means to marriage i'll say and so if if dating is not moving toward marriage you're doing it wrong that it's really the dating is just you're trying to understand who you're looking for and as you date them you're trying to understand do they meet those qualifications Uh, you know does god have their heart are they considered are they kind are they the things the scripture calls them to are they selfless and that's what you're trying to figure out when you're dating and so if you're not trying to figure that out then i would say what are you doing it's almost like dating is an escalator and the escalator should be leading you up to the altar and if the escalator stops working anytime you're at the airport and the escalator's not working no one gets on it if they don't have to, if there's another way to walk or another escalator that works. And so the moment you realize, man, this is not progressing, 
would be the time to get off of that escalator or get out of that dating relationship. Um, we've said before that dating is a path that leads to a promise that's, mm-hmm. that's at the altar, that leads to a lifelong pursuit together. That's good. Um, one of the reasons why people are not ready to move forward, I was having a conversation with a good friend recently, was they just were thinking, I don't know if I'm ready. It's kind of a classic case of it's not them, it's me. And um, and they were wrestling with, they were dating someone, let's just make a, it's a hypothetical that happens over and over and over again. Yeah. And it can be guy or girl, but a guy who's sitting there going, man, she's, she fits all the biblical criteria. I'm following Christ. She's following Christ. And I'm just not sure either I'm ready or that yeah. maybe she is the one. And what would you say to that person? Well, two questions, two different questions. But on the I'm ready, I'm, I would just say if they was like, hey, I'm not sure I'm ready. Then I would say, why did you ask her on a date? You know, if, you, if you're not ready for marriage, why are you going on a date? Like, that's what dating is, is it's it's a it's a path to marriage. And so if you know you don't want to be married, married right now, like if you truly if you're like, hey, I'm not ready to commit my life to someone right now, then do not go to Starbucks with them. Okay. And so that that does raise the stakes to some. And, and I think Christians, we make two mistakes here. We like, we're, we're so afraid of dating because of the commitment that might be there. And and then we're also too flippant with it. And I would just say, man, just be ready for commitment. You know, at some point you have to commit your life to someone for a long time. They did it at at the altar. Like they wouldn't even know the person until they were there at the altar and they would commit their life to them or their parents would pick out the person for them. There's still cultures where that happens. And so man, we've got to, in America, get better at this idea of finding someone to marriage, uh, to marry rather. And I'm, I know David and I and Elena and our team, we are committed to helping you in that, you know, through these messages. And so as we're talking about, when to break up, I would just say when you are not uh, on the same page about sexual purity. And so if they are pressuring you to cross boundaries that God, your heavenly father, creator of the heavens and the earth, have has clearly defined, then they are showing you that they are not committed to the things of God. And when he puts his hand up your shirt, what he is communicating is, I don't fear God He's saying, God, I'm not afraid of you. And so that is not someone that I would want to spend the rest of my life with. Also, when he's willing to be or she's willing to be sexually active with you, they are communicating something. They're saying, hey, I'm... I'm willing to have sex outside of marriage. That's what I'm trying to tell you right now. So if you want to marry me, you need to know about me that I don't honor marriage in such a way that uh, I only have sex within marriage. I'm willing to have sex outside of marriage. And so if you marry that person and they co- they have an affair, they commit adultery, you should expect that because they've communicated to you that they are willing to have sex outside of marriage. And so you want to be on the same page around sexual purity. Um and, the, you know, with that, I just say, like, if either of you are not healthy, if you have addictions owning your life, uh, a lot of times you don't, uh, it's hard to get well in the context of a relationship. And then lastly, just as we're talking about when to break up, I would say before marriage. And so the Bible has a lot to say about this idea of divorce and just how the permanence of marriage, uh, how marriage is permanent. Matthew 19, Jesus talks about this um, 
And so, you know, he says that Moses gave you a law, uh, allowed or permitted you to, to divorce because your hearts were hardened. But he says, you know, th- th- he quotes out of Genesis, that whoever leaves his father and mother united to his wife and the two become one flesh, that it's this bond that's that's not breakable. And so if you're looking to break up, do that before you say I do. And then once you say I do, do for the rest of your life, at least until you're as long as you're alive. Which we've drifted so far from God's ideal, you know, as it relates to marriage, divorce. You told a story before that I thought was helpful and I think is irrelevant to this and it's around um presley or, or one of your daughters yeah, with the swing the swing yeah. yeah and so i just like man we have this swing in our front yard and it was such a source of life for the kids it was, what it just to paint a picture it's a rope swing with like a, a wooden disc at the bottom and and they would swing on the swing and they loved it and they'd swing high and one would push the other and just my kids would find so much life in the swing and uh and they would run and jump and hang from it and just you know rest their lives in this swing and then one day it broke or I would think I was on it and it broke and uh and they saw it everyone was there to see the swing break and once they saw it broke they didn't trust it anymore they're like oh man I like I couldn't get them to get back on it no matter how much I showed them that it was secure this thing that was an incredible source of life was now a source of fear and intimidation and and insecurity and and so I think that's what has happened with marriage is you know not long ago, 60 years ago, marriage was just seen as this permanent commitment and very, there were very few divorces and you'd look at it and you were, you saw it as safe and you trust your life to it. And it was a source of joy and love and security. And now all we know is broken marriages. And, and so when we look at them and we know that they're breakable, it's like, we don't want to get on them. We don't want to get near them. We want to stay in the dating realm. And I think it's one of the reasons that people are getting married, uh, later and fewer. Yeah, and they're afraid of it. And I think there's there's Christians who come from either a broken home, like I, I come from a home where uh, my parents divorced at a young age, my wife's parents divorced, and I think there's even some hesitation in Christians with a similar story or or um, any story really where they're going, I don't want to divorce, so I am I'm fearful about stepping into this, despite the fact that she seems to check out as a godly girl, and um and to that person, what would you say? And and I think it it's related. Fight. This is a little bit leading, but it kind of comes back to what we started with, that the thing that's going to save your marriage or allow your marriage to survive is not going to be you finding the one. No. It will be you pursuing Jesus together. Already having the one. Yeah. You guys, you know, when Monica and I were dating, uh, we were engaged rather, we were going through premarital counseling. Uh, we met with this pastor. And, you know, our relationship, just to paint the picture, looked like manic highs and manic lows. Like, I love you. I hate you. You know, get out of my car. Um, I can't wait to see you again. Come here. And it's just like this, this manic emotion that, that existed, um, breaking up, getting back together, breaking up again, you know. And, um, this guy just said, Hey, you guys need to stop pursuing each other and start pursuing Christ together. And he drew this picture where, Hey, when you pursue each other, you miss each other and you, you cross and you, you go away from each other. But if you continue to pursue Christ together, you just move closer and closer and closer and closer for the rest of your life. And you do this cross and these two people just kind of moving closer and closer toward each other. And, 
And it was silly. I was like, that's so dumb. Like, where did you learn that? You know, pastor training school? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? But as I look back on our relationship, it was prophetic. I mean, it was absolutely what we needed to hear and really what God used to save our marriage and, and to give us a godly, the God-fearing relationship that we have today is, is just to continue to pursue Christ, to trust God's work in her and to remain committed to pursuing Christ together. It's, it sounds cliche, but it's, such a strong visual in case anybody didn't hear it. It's a triangle, man on woman, man and woman at the bottom of the triangle on either side, and Christ at the top of the triangle. And that as man and woman move up the sides of the triangle, they get closer to one another as they get closer to Jesus. That's right. Um, it's strong, man. Yeah. All right. So let's camp here for just a, a few more minutes if we have the time. Yeah. And just cover really quickly how to break up. Um, a lot of people do this poorly. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's, over text message yeah. or a Facebook message or a DM or well, do me this favor. Don't ever blame God. Okay. So, yeah. so leave God out of your breakup. Don't, don't say well, the Lord told me to, when I say leave God out of your breakup, I just mean, don't blame him. Uh, a lot of people are doing that and it's confusing. If you're not attracted to them, if you just don't enjoy being around them, they do something that really gets on your nerves. Hey, they're just not the person you want to mother your children or father your children. I mean, just tell them some, tell them that in a loving way. And so you don't have to be harsh and mean. You don't have to be cruel. But you can be honest and you can just say, hey, I don't see this moving toward marriage. Um, I'm, I'm thankful to have, I'm thankful for the opportunity to have, uh, to be able to spend some time with you in this way over the past few weeks or the past few months or whatever it is. Um, but I don't, I don't see this moving forward. And I'm, I'm sad to say, I, th- I think we need to break up. Don't do that as games. So many people do that like you're hanging up on somebody expecting them to call you back. No, don't do, just be sincere. Romans 12, 9, I believe, says love must be sincere. Be sincere in your communication. Use your words to the point. And, and I wouldn't, you know, then I'd give them space afterwards. I wouldn't, yes, you know, let them, you know, lead them on or let them think that you were going to get back together with them or, you know, you miss them the next day and you wonder if you made a mistake. And so you call them. I just would, man, just don't be hasty in, in those actions. So I heard. Um, be really clear. Yeah. So if you're taking a break, whatever that means, or a breakup, just be, Hey, um, I think we should take a break for six days and then I'll talk to you then, or just really clearly communicate expectations or just rip the bandaid off. If that, um, is the right thing to do. And, um, and then don't drag it on. Don't send text messages. Don't, um, be like, Hey, do you still want to go to that concert this week? Honor one another in the ways that you do that. That's great. That's one, right. One clarifying question on that. So I know a lot of times you're in a relationship with someone and maybe you're just starting to have doubts of like, I'm just not sure, but like, I don't want to break up with her because I'm not completely sure that's right. And I don't want to, I'm just not sure she's maybe like exactly what I was looking for. And is doubts a sign that you should break up or? I think, I think it's what you're doubting. So like, if, if, so I think I'm not sure I'm attracted to her. I would just say, well, you're not going to be at some point. You need to know that, you know, attraction, our, our physical states, our bodies, you know, they change. And so at some point you're going to wake up and not be attracted to them in that particular day or whatever's going on, their body's going to change or, you know, they may get really sick, who knows. And so I, I wouldn't, just 
trust that doubt so much. But if you're like, hey, I don't know if they're a believer or I don't know if they're as committed to Christ as I thought they were. I mean, that may be a reason, a legitimate reason to to break up. And so it depends on what you're doubting. A lot of times we don't even know what it is. Like it's like our feelings just faded. And the truth is your feelings are going to fade. Whoever you marry, those feelings are going to fade at some point. And so uh, just to embrace that reality, I think a lot of times we start with the feelings, we follow our hearts into a bad relationship. The feelings are at an ultimate high, and then all they do is really fade for the rest of our lives. And I just think, man, what if we had, what if we reversed that, guys? Like, what if you had this idea that you were looking for in someone of the opposite sex? And it was just, it was just logical. Like, hey, I want somebody who's kind, compassionate, selfless, serving, committed to Christ, involved in their church, and, um, and, you know, enjoy being around them. And when you find that person, then, you you know, it's not about the feelings. You're like, oh, they're all of these things. Let's spend time together. And if the, you, you confirm in that time together that, that they're all of those things, okay, let's get married. And then as you are married, then the feelings really take off and they're up and to the right. That's very different than the typical story where the feelings are at an all-time high. And uh, and then as you, you spend more time with them, you realize they're not what you thought they were and the feelings begin to fade. It's good. Love it, man. That's all that I have on when to break up. All right, guys. Well, this has been real. This is Views from the Porch, and we will talk to you next week. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.